This episode of the NFL Weekly Drive is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on the likelihood to occur. The more points the selection is worth, the riskier it is. Bet on your favorite players or players you would think will have an exceptional game from across the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes is a great bet. Keep checking those prize pools where they have crazy amount of competitions going on. You can win a lot of points off of those and win tons of money every single week. So go ahead, download the app or visit thrivefantasy.com or go to the bottom of the, our page for the link. Use promo code BENCHBROS and receive a $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. That's promo code BENCHBROS to receive a $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. My way and watch out as I come through. Busting in your line, cracking helmets in. I bring the bang, so what you go? Stand there and just get shook out. Just go clean out your locker. I'm out to get you. Cause I just popped you. You can't take the pressure. You might as well quit, cause you just can't last. Mad at 2000, put your face in the grass. And you're grinding up. So put on a skirt. If you come on the field and don't want to get hurt, just bruise and beaten. All black and blue. And it's been like that since Madden 92. Come harder than hard, rougher than rough Put up your guard, get ready to crush What you want? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bench Bros NFL Weekly Drive, where we recap all the hard NFL action from week 11. It was a great week for some, not all of us. And we'll get into that in a little bit, especially one of our guys, because uh, someone has bragging rights over them. So anyway, I'm Wesley Splain. Bobby O'Hare is here. Brandon Farrell is here. Guys, what's happening? What's up? What's up? What's up? Uh, I'm ready. Hey, hey, uh, Bobby. Bobby, your, I'm uh, going to need a little more enthusiasm. Yeah, man. Especially on Ryan Fitzpatrick's birthday. Oh, God. And Come the on. Bachelorette's on tonight? Come on, dude, get hyped. Bachelorette, Keisha's looking for love. Let's go. Let's talk about it. What do we need to talk about? Next season, two is going to be looking for love. God. Do they do NFL players on those types of shows? Mm, wasn't yeah, Travis Kelsey on there? There used to be NFL players that come onto that show, like former <laughs> NFL players. Travis Kelsey was on there. I know that. Was he? I, thought it was, I think his brother was on. Jason, the big lineman? Oh, no, no. No, it was, it was Travis Kelsey. Because I remember um, the punter from um, the uh, from the Raiders, King or whatever, that he was making fun of him for being on the Oh, match. Desmond King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think he had his own, like, reality show, though, Kelsey. But, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. anyway, I heard you two are down in Florida right now, and I'm still freezing my butt off in New Jersey. Why <laughs> I decided to torture myself? Hey, like I got down here, safe travels. Followed all protocols, by the way. All right. Doing the safe thing. Getting tested and everything else. Just throwing that out there. But, yeah, you're up in the cold, and we're down here in the nice 70-degree weather. Yeah. And Brandon's got the Tampa Raptors now. Forget about the Toronto Raptors. It's the Tampa Raptors. <laughs> Did I miss something? The uh, Toronto Raptors moved down to Tampa. Come on now. <laughs> hey, championship material down in Tampa. City of champions. Listen, listen, let's just get to it. I'm already pissed off as it is, and I'm stuck in New Jersey going into the winter. Let's go. Pissed off. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the Thursday night football game was another good one between the Cardinals and the Seattle Seahawks. 
Seattle ended up winning the game 28 to 21. They take a lead in the NFC West. Well, actually, no, the Rams are in first place, but we'll get to them in a little bit. Uh, the Browns ended up beating the Philadelphia Eagles in another drizzy day in Cleveland. They won 22 to 17. Saints with Taysom Hill starting at QB won 24 to 9 over the Atlanta Falcons. Washington football team beat the Cincinnati Bengals after Joe Burrow went down with the MCL and ACL tear. Uh, the Panthers blanked the Lions 20 to 0. Steelers remain undefeated 27 to 3 over the Jaguars. Titans ended up beating the Ravens in overtime 30 to 24. Derrick Henry with the walk-off TD. Uh, the Texans ended up beating the Patriots 27 to 20. Jets got blanked again. They're 0 and 10. Out of playoff contention, they lost to the Chargers 34-28. Colts ended up beating the Packers in overtime 34-31. Cowboys ended up stealing one on the road against the Minnesota Vikings 31-28. My Broncos ended up beating Bobby's Dolphins 20-13. Sunday night football was another classic between the Chiefs and the Raiders. Pat Mahomes threw a game-winning touchdown to Travis Kelsey with 20 seconds left. They won 35-31. And the Rams, this was a great game. The Rams ended up beating the Buccaneers 27 to 24. They are now seven and three. I'm so happy that the Rams beat the Bucs because I'm just so tired of these cocky Tampa Bay fans. My God, they get one good team for one season and they think they're the best in the world. That's interesting because you don't really see a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers nationally. Well, now you do. Yeah. It's all the New England fans now. <laughs> They're on national TV way too much, by the way. They're scheduled like I don't mind the Seahawks being on national TV all the time because at least it's a good game. But so far, I mean, it's just been awful. And Brady hasn't even played great on national TV. So what the hell is the point of this? Well, I can't argue that it was a great game though. I the thing with the Buccaneers is that they just throw the ball like they try to do too many deep passes with Tom Brady, and it's just not working. Did anyone think that Tom Brady going to an Aryan system was going to be the greatest thing for his career? No, it should. They should have adopted Brady's scheme and kind of made like uh, best of both worlds with it, with a bunch of quick game passes with Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, and then eventually get Mike Evans one on one in uh, like in the end zone. But they're not doing that. Well, there's that, and then also why? Why is the this is the NFL these days, and this is my problem with the whole NFL, and I'll get to it later on in the show too. All of a sudden, we're throwing 50 times a freaking game to win football games. Like, you, you're not going to be an efficient team throwing the ball 50 times a game. The Patriots didn't do it. They ran the ball when they had Tom Brady. That's why Brady was so great. I mean, you don't – you make mistakes. Stop throwing the freaking ball so much. It also didn't help that Leonard Fournette and, like, the rest of the Tampa running backs kept dropping the ball, too, on, like, crucial downs. Well, hand it to them. <laughs> hand yeah. it off. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to get the run game going with Aaron Donald right in your face, but I agree. But you got to keep teams off their toes. I mean, this is right. This do some like people are throwing fifty times a game is it's ridiculous. Yeah, do some outside zone or some like uh sp- like a uh, stretch runs. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's not happening. But anything else that impressed you, even the Thursday night game? Now, I mean, it looks like Seattle, like their defense clamped down a little bit against Kyler Murray in Arizona. Yeah, um, I don't know. Zona's, Zona, Arizona's weird to me. They just they have lapses where they seem to just not be able to get anything going, and then they have lapses where Kyler bails them out, and then they have lapses where you know if the team can't cover Hopkins, that 
he can just throw it up and throw prayers to him. I don't. I still haven't figured out Arizona. Sometimes I don't know if they're for real or if, you know they just aren't consistent enough to to be a real team right now. Arizona is definitely a good team, but um, as far as contenders in the playoffs, I don't. I, they're. I don't think so. They just don't show signs of winning big games or winning big at all. Um, they struggle against good teams. Uh, Kyler is definitely great um, with DeAndre Hopkins. And, I mean, their their whole offense really plays well. But, uh, I mean, I haven't really watched them play much, but I know their defense isn't that great. Um, Seattle kind of scares me, too, going into the playoffs with their track record. I mean, the way the defense is coming around the past couple of games, it's actually – a good sign for Seattle Seahawks fans, especially if you can lock down um, home field advantage for them, not travel as much. I'll be able to get comfortable, you know, especially with Jamal Adams is now finally fitting into that Seattle defense. They're blitzing more too, which is helping the pass rush. Well, everyone knows the whole deal with Jamal Adams and coverage, right? I mean, yeah, he, he let, he lets as many people open as as many wristbands he puts on his arm. <laughs> They have him blitzing. That's what he should be used for. That's what he's, he's a strong. He's a strong safety. Everyone's like, "Oh, he's a good safety to like help in pass protection." It's like, no, he's no, he's not. He's like a strong safety to he's line like up right next to the backer. Yeah, exactly. You put, up, you play him as like a, a safety linebacker, completely. like a run stopping safety. If you're in like a four two box and like all the linemen plug yeah. up your linebackers and stuff, that safety could come hard and crash yeah. the run. That's what he was doing with New York. Yep. He's hitting the he's hitting the gaps. He's throwing a little blitzes in. He's dropping back as kind of like a little linebacker. Yeah, That's, and it's, yeah. especially in today's game where it's a lot of like you got three or four wideouts in the game, a lot of like ten personnel out there. You kind of you're only playing with like at most two backers, and you need that strong safety come shooting up into the run game. He's yeah. perfect for that. But like the Seattle was relying on him to be the uh, the Taylor Earl Thomas, Thomas, you know, right. but he wasn't. Yeah, he's almost the exact opposite. Yeah, he pretty much is. But Earl Thomas is still out there if they want to sign him. I don't know yeah. what the deadline is. But uh, any of these other games impressed you? I mean, like the Ravens are just on a losing streak right now with uh, Tennessee. That was kind of a grueling game back and forth between those two squads. Um, Steelers look like they got full control of the AFC playoff picture, but like Kansas City is right behind them. That was a great game on Sunday night, and I hate both of those teams. I, yeah, I mean, um, I can't. I mean, oof. the Ravens are starting to really worry me, and that's simply because they are—they're just—they seem to come out of the losing end in every close game that they're in. It's—it's it's just seems to be that they don't ever ever come down on offense and win the game at the last minute. They, they can't get a drive to go for them. Something happened. It's—it's—it doesn't look good when you're a team that's supposed to be a playoff competitor. And you're not coming up when it matters. Um, the Raiders are very impressive right now. I don't know if it's because they just have Kansas City's number and it makes them look good because they beat, they play well against Kansas City, but um, they they're looking really good right now. That's a that that's a win as much as it's a loss for the Raiders, in my opinion. I, I'm pretty sure I covered the Raiders on a on a podcast maybe last week or a couple weeks ago. I think they're a good team. Um, I think they're a team that's going to get into the playoffs, and they're going to they're going to mess up a couple team seasons, um, just because of how competitive they are, and they could just they they every game with them is a dogfight. Um, yeah. I could see them winning a couple games in the playoffs. I'm not saying they're Super Bowl, 
contenders, but I, like I said, they'll definitely ruin a, a few teams' seasons. They're, they're a watch-out-for team. Oh, for sure. And especially with the way Derek Carr is playing. Everyone had question marks about whether the Raiders should move off of Derek Carr or like if Derek Carr is even a good quarterback. I think he's proven that. He is a good quarterback. He's just had to learn John Gruden's system a lo- little bit more for about a couple of years, and then now he's got a full grasp of it. Yeah. He knows how to run that, uh, what is it called, zebra Y banana or whatever that play call is, spider monkey. Spider <laughs> monkey banana? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Their, their, question, their question is on defense. I yeah, think. exactly. I was about to say, they put a lot of draft capital on that young – they're pretty much a young defense, and I know they had some COVID players. Like, they had some, some injuries players. too. Yeah, and injuries as well. But, um, you know, that's just an improvement on the side of the ball that they're probably going to target on in the offseason. I think on offensively, maybe you could get another wideout to help Derek Carr in there a bit. But Darren Waller, beast. Josh Jacobs, beast. Now the other Josh Richards is a good like complimentary back to um yeah Josh Jacobs but their strong suit on offense is the offensive line like those guys clog up all the defense right. like Chiefs defensive line is really good with Chris Jones in there and they couldn't really do anything yeah well this is the reason why I would like the Raiders in the playoffs um, I still never ever ever like ever have 100% confidence in Derek Carr in the big moment. I, he's going to have to prove that to people, and it's earned. It's one of those things that's earned. But the fact is, he is playing very good football right now, and they have a running back that they can rely on in the deep playoff run. They certainly do, and uh, it's just a matter of health with Josh Jacobs because he is that like bruising down running back. Yeah. I mean, he can make some big plays here and there, but he's, he's basically a bruiser. Right. They're, I wonder what they're, what they're thinking. As, I don't think they're getting what they expected 100% out of Henry Ruggs right now. Well, even the way some of these other receivers are playing. Right, but even if you look across the league at rookie-wide receivers, the only bright spot is Justin Jefferson, and I think that's pretty much it when you're looking across the league. Jerry Judy's kind of like, okay, C.D. Lamb, it just depends on if he can get the ball. He made a great catch against Minnesota. It was an incredible yeah. catch. yeah. And that was even the best catch of the game. Adam Thielen's one-hander was even, like, more incredible. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just – I'm starting to just wonder if the Raiders are thinking that they took a receiver too high for what they're getting right now. Well, maybe. I mean, like, we'll have to wait and see the true result of that. But right. he has been hurt at times. He sat out a couple of games. Yeah, like, I mean, the first game against Kansas City, he, he played tremendous and he got hurt. But – um. I don't know. I like. I've always said with the receivers, it's I've, I've never been a huge fan of taking them super early, especially when the Raiders I think had a lot more other needs this off season. But um, it's just going to be interesting to see like if he can pan out to be exactly what as high as they drafted him out to. Be. I mean, they only picked him at eleven. It's not like they picked him at like five or like six or like ten. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But you're looking at their defense right now, and I'm saying to myself, damn, like I wish I had a linebacker, or damn, I wish I had you know, another coverage safety, you know. I mean, Josh, or uh, who is it? Abrams. Abraham's playing tremendous. Oh, dude, that guy, I wish he, the Broncos picked him because he's an absolute hammer. He's a he reminds me of an old school, an old school hard-hitting safety. Yep. He reminds me of Brian Dawkins, but like faster and slimmer. Yeah. He makes smart tackles. You saw how he stopped them on that one run on the outside. He didn't let him get out of bounds, I think it was. Oh, yeah. 
Also, another thing I want to touch about the uh, the Raiders and Chiefs game, it kind of made me like the uh, no fans being there because you literally heard all the communication from like Derek Carr and his audibles and you heard Tyron Matthew when he said for what? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I kind of caught on with um one of them was that uh and it kind of got proved on Twitter too was like when Derek Carr said like James Harden or like um, other basketball players' names, they were like left-handed shooters. So that meant it was like a run play over like an ISO to the left, which I'm <laughs> like, oh, okay. <sighs> Sometimes you kind of pick that up uh, as a defense if you keep seeing the same play over and over and you kind of catch the trends of like the audibles and stuff. So, no, yeah, you do, you do, you do. It was it's, really it's, cool from like a football junkie perspective, get to hear the communication and like kind of brought me back to my like college days a bit. It is. It is. No, it's definitely a, a treat with that. But I also like, man, I just miss fans, man. <laughs> I do too. I, I'm really curious to see how this <laughs> does with the um, how they receive the Raiders, especially if they're playing good right now. Like they're gonna do yeah. well. Embrace. They have embraced the Golden Knights tremendously. They'll embrace the Raiders really well. Yeah. I feel. I feel like. I feel like these teams like playing. Any sport without fans, I just relate it to working out without headphones or music. Like it's, it's, it's hard. It feels like a scrimmage, pretty, pretty much. It it's really just, does. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's weird. It's not. Natural. And I feel like I feel like the really good players thrive off of the fans, whether it's the opposing fans or the uh, home fans, and it's it's very interesting because it's like it's you don't juice. really get that. It's juice. It's like a little bit more momentum and like. Uh, adrenaline in your b- bloodstream when you hear f- fans go crazy. Right. Even you're like, away, I think when you play away, you see the players who are really, really thriving almost off of being the the the, uh, the evil guy, the, the evil character, the bad guy. I mean, that 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 always is fun when you're playing in sports on an away team and you get like a touchdown. That's like the greatest feeling. Yeah, like Randy Moss. I mean, the moon in the end zone in Green Bay is still one of the best celebrations <laughs> ever. <laughs> It really is. But what about the star in Dallas? Ah, uh, that was kind of like, all right, what the hell is this guy doing out in the fifty yard line? <laughs> like, just running out there. The best to celebration was the popcorn one, where you just took a handful of popcorn and just shoved it in his face. Uh-huh. And then, like the whole game, you just had kernels of popcorn at, along the end line of the end zone. I just, I miss it all. I miss, I miss um, Chad Johnson taking the camera from the camera guy. I miss, I miss him taking the thing from the cheerleader. Oh, it's the best. The best. Well, what about the Steelers? They're the most creative, like, end zone celebration. I think Juju, like, acted like he was blowing out a candle against Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Which, do we think, I know we talked about this on our regular podcast, which you can check out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Company Man here. Um, like the Steelers are quietly ten and zero, and I feel like no one's really talking about that as much because everyone's kind of falling in love with like Kansas City and trying to figure yes. out who the best team in the NFC yeah. is. But like, I don't think it's close, to be honest with you. Like, is it is it really close? Like, is Steelers getting a little bit too much slept on? Or yeah, you know? I was watching the Steelers game. And I thought this weekend might be a trap game for them. Uh, there was a few teams I thought this week was a trap game for. I really did. I felt like it was trap game week. 
and Jacksonville, as much as I was like, the Steelers were probably pulled off, I thought they could have gave them a run for their money this week if the Steelers took it lightly. And then they missed that field goal to start the game. And I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. But you can tell when a team is not only just good, but they're meant to win. This team is going to – I think this team could pull off the undefeated stuff this year. They are. They have the luck I've never seen going for them on top of it. They have that New England luck when they were really good, and even when they were bad, they were lucky. This team – I saw the one catch in, in, on the – I think it was on the one-yard line. I think it was Deontay Johnson. He lays out for this ball – should have been knocked out of his hands. It ends up back in his hands. And then not only that, he lands in bounds. I mean, everything should have went wrong on that play. And he, and he catches it, and he still lands in bounds. I mean, that's when you know everything is going right for you. Uh, I, I, I'm still – I mean, I know that they're 10-0. and 0, And I know I touched on it on, the, on our regular podcast. I'm just still not sold on them being a, a deep playoff team or a Super Bowl team. Oh, my I just, God. They haven't won. They haven't blown out any teams. They haven't won huge games. They're in every game. I just I don't get excited when I watch the Steelers. They I didn't mean, play they, the Jack. They didn't blow out the Jaguars this week. Well, that has to be expected. Well, that good teams do what that's expected. Miami didn't go and beat the freaking Broncos. I think what it, I think of what it was was that Cowboys game was just like, dude, you had to blow out the Cowboys. Everyone's like, ooh, yeah. I don't know now. Yeah, but I mean, everyone's gonna have again. Lucky. Everyone's going to have a bad game. I feel like whenever the Steelers have been bad this year and they should have lost the game or something happened, they still came out and won the game. That's what tells me this team is, like, for real right now. Here's the rest of their schedule. It's uh, Thanksgiving night against the Ravens, if that game gets played still. It seems like they are going to play that game. Um, Home to Washington, at the Bills, at the Bengals, home to the Colts, at the Browns. Yeah. I mean, they 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 could lose to Cleveland the last week if they want to rest some guys up, but I don't think that's Tomlin's uh, forte. I'm, I'm not really sure about that, but um, you know, I don't think so. Could be. I have no idea. But the way the Steel, I think the problem with the Steelers is like if that offense can compete with some of these AFC teams that have an explosive offense that are gonna, just going to pile up points. And but, right, they have a great defense and stuff, yeah. but at the same time. Like if you're going up against Kansas City, are you gonna be able? You're gonna have to put up thirty points plus to beat Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. But again, like you said, I mean, I don't know. Defense, I always, I always said, if you have a good defense, you're gonna win games. Yeah. And I don't know, Kansas City this year. I'm gonna say it, and I said it again, and I'll say it every week. They look beatable. They look like they have had games where they get into slumps on offense for the entire first half, and they can't figure it out. And then the second half, they come back and wind up beating teams. But if they get in a game like that with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who will put up points against you still because Ben can do it, I think they're going to be in a lot of trouble. If they have a game like that where they come out rusty in the first half, that game is over. But I think the Kansas City Chiefs are better than last year's team. and You do? Yeah, I, I do. Well, what makes them even more dangerous then is that if the Kansas City Chiefs get it together in the second half, then it's hard to play, and it's you're, you better get ahead in the first half then because you don't want to play catch-up against the Chiefs. Yeah, but I mean, look at the Chargers game. Came down to the wire. You look at the Bills game, comes down to the wire. I mean, it's not like this team is not beatable. And by the way, I don't think the Chargers or the Bills have that great of a defense against anyone else they've played. Right, but the whole point is, is that you don't want to give that – opportunity to Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid to do that. And right now with the Steelers, 
Like Ben Roethlisberger, sure, he's a he's a good quarterback, but he's not the same guy he was back in 2015 where he was throwing no. 5,000 yards. I don't think he has to be, though. The problem with the Steelers is that they kind of lost their run game a bit. James Conner and Benny Snell have kind of disappeared lately. It's been terrible. Yeah, so like they need to kind of revamp that because in order to keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, you need that run game to uh, go in full swing and control that clock. Yeah. And then rely on your defense to make a couple of more stops. Now, I know Kansas City has like the least amount of time possession in the league, and still they're tremendous. But it's just that opportunity of keeping them on the sidelines for like five or six more minutes at a time, especially with a good team like Pittsburgh. That's probably going to be my biggest worry about the Steelers going forward. But I think it's pretty much a two-man race. Now, one of these teams can obviously be spoiled. But right now, I think it's- you know who I'm going to say. Good. Oh, you're going to say the uh, the Buffalo Bills, right? Nope. You've been on that bandwagon for the past couple of weeks. Nope. <laughs> nope. Well, you want to get into the AFC because it's it's like a jam packed house there, just trying to get in. Like everyone's trying to fit in through the front door. Yeah, if you don't get to the front door, it's a very hard back door right now getting in. Tell you that. Yeah. Pittsburgh and KC, they're hosting the party, but everyone else is trying to go into the door at the same time. Yeah, but you want to win the front door as in winning your division because if you don't get to that front door in a division spot, you're going to be competing with like a bunch of other 10-and-win 10, 10 teams to get to the back door. Yeah, the wild so, card. so here, here is the division leaders are Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Buffalo, and the Colts, followed, and who? By, and who? followed by the Titans. The Cleveland Browns, Las Vegas Raiders, Baltimore Ravens, the Miami Dolphins, all within a game of each other. Mm-hmm. And also Buffalo and the Colts are seven and three. I still yeah, think they are getting beaten beaten by the Titans. There's no way they don't split that series. <laughs> Who's that? The Colts. You want to talk about that game? Let's talk about that Let's game. Let's do it, Wes, because I think the team that could spoil the Chiefs if they get them in the playoffs is the freaking Colts. I don't think so. I said it. Going into the year, and it's and I'm telling you, the way they played Rodgers, I'm convinced. I'm convinced it could happen. Why does Frank Reich throw it on first and ten with like less than two minutes left? What he knows, he doesn't want to give the ball back to Aaron Rodgers. I don't just, think Reich's just, been having a great year, but yeah, it's like, amazing. They finally found Jonathan Taylor, for God's sakes. <laughs> he but, won't next week because he's inconsistent as all hell. But do you? I didn't think Indianapolis was going to win that game until the fumble happened with MVS. Oh, God. When they gave the ball back to uh, Green Bay with under two minutes left, I knew I, 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 they were, I thought they were done in the water. But even when Green Bay was down in the end zone, it's like, why don't they try to score and get, like, Devontae Adams one-on-one do a fade route? Like, you got to try to give it to Devontae at some point. Instead, mm-hmm. they run, like, a little uh, – Roll out play with Rodgers, and he just kind of tosses it over, and it goes to overtime. You got to score there, especially if you're a Green Bay. Yep. Yep. Well. Well, what? Oh, like, tell me about the Colts then, because like they got a good defense, and at times yeah. Philip Rivers, he he shedded some greatness, but sometimes he it was like classic Phil, where it was like the shot put yeah. ass is just yeah. kind of falling short. I think the Colts have a very good passing defense and that's going to keep them in a lot of games to where Rivers doesn't have to be anything special but he has to be at least 
capable. And I think in more games than not this year, he has been more than capable when they have given him the right play calls to run and they open up the offense for him. And I think this Sunday was an exact example of that. Rivers looked really good this week. I know, And he's getting a lot of hate. I think he played really well this week. Go ahead, Brandon. I can't talk about the Colts. You know. <laughs> um, I'm I'm surprised. I mean, honestly, I just Rivers just he, the guy just amazes me, man. It's like you want him to be bad, but he's just he just finds a way to be so so freaking good every week. You know what they are? They're the better version of the Chicago Bears. They're what the Bears should be. Straight yeah. Up. Yeah. Like, they have no run game. They rely on their, like, 39-year-old quarterback to, like, try to <laughs> shot put it to T.Y. Hilton or Pittman or his other receivers that they had. I mean, Jack Doyle had a good pass. But – um, and then they play great defense. Who's the defensive coordinator for the Colts? Eberflus, who is that's, probably going to get a head coaching job. That's interesting. What a name. Yeah, that's interesting because you don't hear that name quite often. Well, I'm to tell you what, people are going to hear it pretty soon because I think he's on his way out and going to get a head coaching job next year. Dude, I don't know because, like, Frank Reich has just been shaky with his decision makings, especially when it comes to the game management points. Well, the Colts, the Colts don't want to lose him. But, I don't, I, again, I don't think you have a reason to fire Reich, and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So, so, you're saying, so you're saying what's his name again? Eberflus, their coordinator? Yeah, I yeah, think he's going to so be a head coach. So should he be the new head coach in Miami with the way Miami had uh, things done this weekend? <laughs> Fire. I have never been more aggravated in a head coaching decision. That was the worst decision I've ever seen. Well, no, 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 no. The worst decision I've ever seen was starting Joe Flacco at any point in his career. Yeah, well, that's true. You, yeah, you just, you just have a great man GM running the shop. With the <laughs> that's the worst one. But no, like – it's just like a goalie getting pulled. I don't think it's going to shake Tua's confidence going forward as much as people think it will. Well, here's my problem. I don't. My problem isn't just the shaking Tua's confidence thing. It's the fact of the media and hysteria around the whole Fitzpatrick thing as it is, which is just ridiculous because Tua's a way more efficient. He's just a better quarterback because he turns the ball over less. And it's just a matter of, I don't need to be – no one No one in the organization needs to have this cloud going on again. With the, oh, we bring in Fitzpatrick back every time this makes a rookie – every time this kid makes a mistake. It's ridiculous. He's your rookie quarterback. You're rolling with him. And the fact is, the kid – I watched the tape last night. I sat up pulling my hairs out. Jesus, this guy, he missed maybe one or two reads the entire game. They had a game – they had a game plan, the, the, the Broncos, where they had three men rushing at one point. I counted eight defensive backs on the field. Guess what happens? They get pressure on both defensive ends into his face in less than two seconds. He gets the, the, the completion for eight yards. I mean, what else do you want the kid to do? And the same I, thing happened to Justin Herbert, which is why he lost to Miami. They dropped eight in coverage, and they were getting pressure with four. I don't care what quarterback you are in the entire NFL. If you're getting pressure up front with four people rushing, never mind three, you're not winning a game. Do you think it was more of like, let's try to like ice this kid a little bit? Just like, let's make sure that he doesn't get it. Because he was getting hit a lot in that well, game. Well, this was my, again, I didn't have a problem 
if Flores' reasoning was, look, our offensive line is playing atrocious today. They got our number. Tua hasn't had any receiver. I watch again, if you watch the tape, there's no separation on the Miami receivers. It's horrible. They need to draft a receiver this year that can get open. Um, beyond the point, then you take Parker had a good game. Who? Park, Parker had a decent game. I mean, Denver's corners catches, are good. Every one of Parker's catches is always a contested 50-50 ball. Tua yeah. has not one player on the offense that gets separation. <clears throat> That's my problem. But again, the thing is, if you take him out and then you say, oh, it looked like he took a little toe injury. He had a foot injury going into the week. We took him out, especially with the thing you saw that happened to Burrow. We're going to take him out for precautionary reasons. That's fine. The kid's seen enough. The offensive line needs to get back to work. Move on. But for, for Flores to come out after the game and to double down and say that the reason we took him out with 13 minutes left in the freaking game was because we had more faith in our backup journeyman walking interception of a quarterback than your rookie quarterback that just won you your last three games, it's embarrassing. It's absolutely embarrassing. Look, look two is definitely the future of that team. Now it's like, if you were watching that game and getting the game flow, if you would have kept Tua in, you weren't really going to get anywhere with them. You kind of needed that spark. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I kind of get your reasoning of, like, just let the kid learn. But they're in, the, they're in the playoff hunt right now. And coaches right now, their jobs are always on the line. No job is safe in the NFL. So it's like, if you really okay. – Here's my you, other reasoning. Here's another reason why you keep Tua in. Your job's on the line? Guess what? You don't get fired if Fitzpatrick loses your games. You get fired if Tua doesn't turn out to be a successful quarterback. Because guess what? By time Tua doesn't work out, the NFL, I mean, the Dolphins are drafting another quarterback, and that means you're not the head coach when that happens. Because well, guess what happens when a team drafts another quarterback? They get yeah. rid of the coach. So yeah, he well, damn well put, a, put all his money into Tua, or he's gone out of Miami. Well, say Tua works. gets hurt in that game because, dude, literally that second, that second half, Denver was just like – Reason right by the tackle. Can you say that? Can you say that? The kid saw enough. We were taking him out. He looked a little injured when he got up, at, and you and you move on. I don't think it was a big deal, him. but like I get your point of view of it. But I don't think it's such to a point where it's like you need to be frustrated with it. He's going to start this week against the Jets, and he's going to throw three touchdowns. I think he'll be fine. I just was just <clears throat> the fact of the fact of they gave him a, a way out by saying. You could have just said, they even said, did you take Tua out? He looked a little roughed up on that one play. All he could have said was, yeah, that, that's why we took him out. We'll see what happens next week. Easy. You don't have to deal with the media hate. You don't have to deal with the whole questions of the Fitzpatrick. Is he going forward? You could have just completely. Oh, Flores can deal with the Flores hate, dude. Flores can probably fight one of those journalists and be like, let's go square up right yeah, now. Yeah, but, like, why give them, why even give them that out? Like, why would you double down and say, no, it's because I wanted Fitz to play? It's just terrible. Yeah. Even if you wanted Fitz to play, you could have just gave them the excuse of Tua looked a little hurt. We were keeping him out for precautionary reasons. I mean, right. it's just ridiculous. Maybe it was a birthday present. <laughs> What's up? I said maybe it was a birthday present for Fitzy. Hey, I'm, hey, it was a birthday present for Justin Simmons, and I'm glad it happened because that's exactly what That was a good read by Justin Simmons because Justin Simmons was, was a across the field. He looked, <laughs> he looked down Parker the entire time. Brandon, what do you think about uh, the whole decision? Nothing. Just let Bobby go. Yeah, just let him go, man. Hey, I just be lucky Von Miller wasn't out there or Shelby Harris. I, I mean, 
we got just as much pressure as it was. I don't think it could have As a Broncos fan now, I feel more confident in our defense. But, like, Drew Locke is just still shaky to me. Our run game showed up, which that was the bright spot in that game for me, the takeaway yep. was that we can block right. in the run game. If I had to take uh, any notes out of it just as a uh, non, like, non-Miami guy just telling you how it is from both sides, Locke got bailed out again by his, by his running game. I didn't even realize what you need to do. You need to do with that kind of quarterback. Yeah. No, no. It it was a great game. Again, everyone was talking how bad Tua was not even. If you watch the tape, he had no throws. He had two missed reads the entire game. The offensive line was horrible. Miami was beat and manhandled at the attack on defense and on the offensive line. Christian Wilkins was out for the game with COVID, and it showed they ran down Miami's throat, making it impossible to take apart Drew Locke. And if you if you keep the ball out of Locke's hands against a Miami defense who's waiting for him to make a mistake, you're going to win if you're Denver. That, that's a win for Denver if you could keep the ball on the ground. And if you're doing it by running for 200 yards, I knew Denver had the game from, from the beginning of the game. I'm like, Miami just got completely manhandled by Denver. Credit to Fangio. He had their number. He had every single call on defense ready to go. It was a great game plan. And now we'll see how Miami responds as far as because now, now, now you have the tape. Now you know how to beat this team. I love it, Brandon. I love it when Bobby says the Broncos are better. Are, are better? <laughs> well, you guys need to. They start. were the better. They were the better team that day. Oh, just that day. Yeah, just that day. Hey. <laughs> also, I think it was bad juju too because on the interception at the first quarter, like the first drive for Drew Locke. Um, when he threw that interception to Xavier Howard, they they tried to run to the end zone and they trampled the referee like badly, <laughs> like Lion King style. That's when you were like, uh oh, bad things can go down for Miami. Plus, oh. why is that like the? I feel like that's the new like bad bad vibes thing, or not bad vibes, but like that's the new like virus in the NFL is like anytime a turnover happens, the defense sprints to the end zone into that end yeah. zone camera or whatever and just pose. yeah yeah yeah. Like it's cool when it's journalists and stuff, but like and like photographers. But when there's just a camera there and everyone's just trying to be like, "Oh yeah, this is going right on the gram." No, dude, come on. Oh yeah, and again, um, again, I watched I watched that game last night, like on the all twenty twos from both angles, and I, I was up really late. And how, how great that is that though? Like going back it. and watching those. Oh, it's I I couldn't wait to get my hands on it this week because I needed some type of like. I need that. In my opinion, I, I had a feeling what the problem was this week, and I'm glad that when I watched it on tape, it was exactly what I thought. Um, and also, the one bad throw that Tua made was he escaped pressure from the pocket. I think it was to his left. Someone was in his face. He reset his feet. He threw downfield to an undersized Jakeem Grant who had a step on the corner, and he aired it a little bit too far out of his reach. And in my opinion, too, the fact that the Dolphins didn't draw up that play again and let Tua try to make that later in the game, I think, is a fail. And you have the mile-high air that's hard for a veteran quarterback out there because you can sail it on your, you know, it takes a accuracy out there. Um, it's called altitude. If he inches it over an undersized receiver, how do you not try to draw that play up again? Tua just got some altitude. He's not. He's not the same. Altitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, I, I think he'll be fine, but I didn't like the handling of the whole thing. And Denver played a great game, and they gave the tape on how to beat this offense. So we'll see We're what back happens. in the hunt. We're back in the hunt, baby. Any, any, uh, anything else from week 11? Yeah, boys. The Giants had a great week. Um, they had the week off. They got to get their thoughts together, had some good practices. Um, you know, Daniel Jones was uh, taking snaps at running back now. Um, I'm looking forward to, to week 12. They're going to come out swinging, and uh, I think they're going to finish the season with at least seven wins. That's very possible. I mean, the way the Eagles played against the Browns was atrocious, too. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, they're all. Well, can we just agree that Carson Wentz has just completely declined in his career? Yes, and I hate the fact that Philly fans are still finding excuses for him. Like it, he's, like, they still are finding excuses for him after that Cleveland game. I mean, are you? You got to keep on keeping on, boys. I don't know what it is with him. I don't know if it's the mechanics. I, I don't think know it's Doug it Peterson, dude. It's his mechanics too. And I feel like he's never had amazing mechanics. No. He, he plays like too reckless, and you can tell in his body language too. And yeah. it's like he kind of just doesn't trust his eyes on that interception. I know Dan Orvalowski broke it down or whatever and said, "Oh well, Carson Wentz didn't trust his read because the linebacker was kind of shady there, and then he just went to the check down and got absolutely killed on that right. pick six. But it's just like dude, decision. You got to be more pocket aware. Like if you're right. feeling someone from the backside, you got to know that. I think it's I think it's Doug Peterson. I think the Eagles are going to literally clean house with their coaching staff. Yeah, it's it whatever's going on there, um, it's it's really really going downhill. And we could get back on the NFC East thing too, because I feel like with the way the Cowboys played, like they're kind of back into the driver's seat. Because quite frankly, Thursday when they play Washington is for first place in the NFC East. <laughs> But anyway, they got a, they got a pretty easy schedule coming up. And can we also talk about why the NFC East is even on national television like two times a week at this point? It's like ridiculous. Because it's the best division of football. Literally, all <laughs> the teams are tied for first place right now. That's yeah, right. it's the most exciting. It's the most exciting division to watch right now. We don't know what the hell is going to happen. <laughs> we really don't. All teams have three wins. And like, it's because of that stupid tie. That's why the Eagles aren't first. Yeah. I hate the way a tie looks on a record. Does anybody I do else just hate it? just doesn't look right. They need the NFL needs to do away with that shit. You yeah. play until you win. Well, I always said, I mean, even if you don't want to go like the whole old school way where you have them play it out, why not? If the NFL is all about ratings now and everything, and they're and they just throwing out the whole game of defense, why don't we just play college rules at this point? Start them at the thirty yard line or twenty yard line and just keep going. No, not at the twenty. Start him at the fifty-yard line with the way the offenses are, because then you <laughs> have like end zone shots all the time. Yeah, you'll have Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, just throwing one or two air balls, hoping for the best. <laughs> Look, all they care about is ratings nowadays. I mean, there you go. There's your. Then then that takes out the whole tie crap. And plus, that would kill the over/under game. That would absolutely kill the over/under. <laughs> You know yeah, everyone will be hammering play. overs all day if that happens. Yep. Anyway, let's get into week 12. Gobble, gobble. We got Thanksgiving, the best uh, holiday of the year. We got the Texans versus the Lions to start out with. Then we got Washington versus the Cowboys. 
The night game is the Ravens versus the Steelers. J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram both tested positive for COVID-19. So far, I think those are the only two Ravens players. I could be wrong, but that game is still resumed on schedule. It's going to be Gus the Bus in that backfield, baby. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, Sunday, we have the Raiders versus the Falcons, Chargers, Bills, Giants going against the Bengals, Titans versus the Colts for first place in the AFC South. Panthers versus the Vikings. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is going to play. But uh, Cardinals, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets, Browns, Jaguars, Broncos, and Saints. Um, That's actually at mile high, by the way. Um, Rams and 49ers. Chiefs and Buccaneers. That might be a great one between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Sunday night game is the Bears versus the Packers. And Monday night, we got the Seahawks going against Philadelphia. Yeah, it's a it's a loaded week. I'm looking forward to uh, to these games. There's some pretty good matchups. Um, right now, I think the Chiefs and the Buccaneers might be pretty good. But yeah, you know how the Buccaneers can kind of just go into a slump, like we've seen at least four or five times on national TV. <laughs> you know, who's Tom Brady throws for a hundred yards. Yeah, you know who's calling that game though? Who's gonna have a great time in that booth? Tony, Tony Romo. Romo. Yes, Tony sir. Romo. <laughs> well, oh God. I feel like we haven't seen CBS as much on, like, the National League 425 games. Now now I know Tom 20 years now. Now here's what he's going to do. He's going to get his guys together. He's going to call Spider 2 Triple Y Banana, and it's going to the right. (laughs) It's the worst. It's the freaking worst. Out of all the announcers, the announcers have been (laughs) terrible this year, but he's been still on his A game. He loves it. Good. I just, I just hate how he ruins the ending of my movie. Terrible. <laughs> but I'd rather have him as a true football guy break down what offenses are going to do than rather some guy tell me the technique of a corner. It's like I well, know what the corner's doing, obviously. Well, Tony Romo will be like, well, you see this play here? He's going to audible out of it. The defense is going to read it, and he's going to throw an interception right down the middle of the field. Now watch, watch. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I know. What's more aggravating is if if it's your team and then they do it, you're even like you're like f you, Tony. Like, <laughs> dude, I want to I want to get in the room with them and be like, all right, here's here's the board for this week. Give me the over and unders for every single <laughs> game. He won't give you an over under until he gives you a full explanation of how the game's going to be played. out. I'd rather have that because then I'll have the right pick. It's not that hard to call a Dolphin game when Fitz is in. He's going to go down the field 80 yards, and then he's going to throw a pick. Oh, there it is. <laughs> All right, and Bobby, what are you looking forward to then? Um, uh, man, I think the Bucks game is going to be interesting because I think the Bucks have a better defense than, than the um, Chiefs, but that's going to be fun. That's going to be a fun game, I think, if Brady's on his A game. I think the Titans and the Colts is the one to look for. That's – yeah, I think that should be flexed. I mean, I'm not complaining because the Jets are playing my boys this week, so it's the one time I'll be interested in watching high school football. Um, <laughs> but it's embarrassing that living in Is Flacco starting that? What's that? Is Flacco still starting? I don't know. I think I think there was talk about Darnold playing. I don't know. I think I'd rather play Darnold, to be honest with you. Yeah, you got you got to, like – Boost up his trade value if you're going to go after Lawrence. I think I think Flacco plays the Dolphins in his career better, though, in my opinion. So I think if you're Miami, you'd oh, rather come on, stop it. Darnold. Maybe it's because he was on the Ravens, and the Ravens are just – they have everyone's number, but I don't know. 
Yeah, I think he's been putting up numbers. He's been putting up numbers in that offense. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. Putting up numbers, but not the numbers. No, I didn't say they were good. Oh, yeah, he puts up numbers, right? He throws a a pick six from his own five yard line against the Chargers. Dude, those are numbers. Numbers. (laughs) Look, the Jets were scoring points. That's all I know. Right, I, I'm just looking at this as like Indianapolis is on their high horse right now. They've won, I think, three in a row now. And Titans, they finally got their mojo back after going on a losing streak. That Ravens win was big for them. I'm kind of looking forward to that matchup again with uh, if they can get Derrick Henry going against that Indianapolis defense. I think Ryan Tannehill will have a better game. Jury's still out on him because the passing game has dipped down in October. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's that's for first place too. So it's a yep. huge and crucial game for the yeah. wild card and that AFC South. Yeah, I think that's the most. Um, that's going to be the most important game. This I think that's the most important game this week when it comes to like head to head repercussion. Um, but not Washington or Cowboys. Yeah, wow, that could be important down the line too. That could be really important. I'm talking about guys who might be able to go to the Super Bowl, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, upset picks. Let's go. We've been kind of money on some of them, but some of them not. Brandon, you start. Um, I got one, and you guys are not going to like it, especially Bobby. I got one. Shit, how do you guys already have yours? I'm going to go with the Jets this week. No, you're not. I am. Seven-point dogs? I'll do it. Oh, yeah, that freaking uh, divisional home dogs stat is really good for um, Jets. I'm going to do it. I'm not. Jets are due. I really want to say the Chargers over the Bills. Oh. So do I. <laughs> oh. Are the Bills at home? Yeah, they are. Yep. The Bills are at home in that game. I thought they were playing in um, LA. No, they're playing. They're playing at home, off a bye too, oh. so it might be a little bit shaky. Bill, Bills run game like Singletary is the leading rusher with only four hundred one yards. Hmm. That's kind of pathetic. <laughs> I mean, that could be a shootout between Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. I would love to take that. No, it's going to be a shootout. The Chargers can never come out on top in those. Yeah, right. It's going to be a last possession game, and the Chargers' uh, kicker is going to miss uh, the game-winning field goal. Probably. You're really going with the Jets for a third time. I have and, to hit them once this year. This is their last like winnable game. I feel like, dude. If it's not working, then don't go back to it, though. <sighs> well, this week it wasn't working. With Miami and anything that they were doing. So um, they're going to have to prove to me that they want to play football again. All right. That's your upset pick then. Okay. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. <laughs> Taking the Lamar train again, this guy. <laughs> he just doesn't learn. When did I When did I take it? I don't know. I feel like you always have been a Lamar guy, though. I feel like Bobby just wants Lamar to be a backup in the worst way. I don't want – no, it helps me. It helps me if he keeps playing. And he, and he you know what, Bobby? Like. Bobby wants to see RG3 on the field. That's what it is. Well, I do too. <laughs> but, Who uh, doesn't? I loved RG3. This is a back-against-the-wall type of game for the Baltimore Ravens. They lose this game. They're in a bunch of trouble. 
And I feel like the past two or three games that the Ravens have had, they've been really, really close. And they've been like gut-wrenching losses for them, especially when they were really close to beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. At that, like, uh, they pretty much won that game, even though if Lamar Jackson didn't have the the couple of turnovers, they really need a wide receiver one really bad. Like, it, for example, with that Titans game when they were down the end zone or the red zone, they didn't have any place to dial up to go one on one with like a corner to do a fade route or any of those like that. They need a w- number one receiver that can be able to do that. Marquise Brown's not going to be that guy. He's just not. Yeah. Marquise Brown is John Brown at best. He really is. So, and Mark Andrews is not going to be like your Travis Kelsey either for a long periods of time because he's always been hurt too. So, the backs against the wall type of game. You have Gusta Bus as your only running back. You're going up against uh, Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh too. So, John, I feel like the Ravens always play better when they're at Pittsburgh for some weird reason. I get it. Mike Tomlin's going to get his guys ready to go, but. I just see that it can't. It's a cannot lose game for the Ravens, and what right. better coach to do that for than John Harbaugh to get his guys going? Plus, that defense has been been getting killed with like the injuries that they've had up front. Like not having Chris right. Campbell in there is kind of like big for them, and like Matthew Judon not being active. Uh, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Is that that's where you're going with Ravens? Yeah, I like I like the Ravens in that spot. All right, all right. That'll be my main upset pick. But I I kind of love the board for a lot of dogs in the in these types of games. I think the Patriots could win in Foxborough this. Week. They totally could against Arizona. And another team I'm I'm really looking at right now is um. Ah shoot! I I just had it in front of me. Oh, uh, the Broncos and the Saints. Because, like, we had one action of, like, Taysom Hill in there. And he, he's kind of, like, airballed a lot of those throws. Oh, yeah. And those off, that offense is really limited with Taysom Hill in there. But, like, they, got, they ran so many gadget plays that just did not work against the Falcons. It really didn't. Like, did you guys see that one airball that he threw to Emmanuel Sanders that literally looked like it was a punt? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anything proved that Taysom Hill is not a, is a starting quarterback to me. Still, I'm, 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 yeah, they won, they won, but I'm still not convinced. I missed that game. Did he, did him and Winston split time? No, it was all Taysom. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. The the Saints defense sacked Matt Ryan like left and right. They were really sacking that statue of a quarterback back there. Wild. The Falcons need to have a fire sale. They should have had a fire sale at the deadline. It's kind of hard when like those players are on max contracts and you can't really deal them away. Yeah, I mean, but right. like back to the dogs thing. I I really like Minnesota's favorite against the Carolina Panthers. I like the Carolina Panthers. I like the Tennessee Titans this week. I kind of like the Chargers too, but as a spread pick, not as an outright win. Something no, yeah. Something is telling me about the Atlanta Falcons for, like, the uh, Vegas Raiders coming off of, like, a big game like that. That might be a letdown spot. I think the Giants handle the Bengals. I'm with you with the Patriots, not with you on the Jets by far. But, like, the 49ers could, too. Like, the 49ers always play the Rams very tough. 
And then I also think the Buccaneers, after getting uh, two tough losses in prime time against uh, really good teams coming out against Kansas City, they might be fired up. And then also on Monday night, like the spread is minus six, but Philadelphia could get something together where they're in that game to the last drive. Yeah. It's always that way with that team, which it shouldn't be, but they're always mm-hmm. in it at the very, like, two minutes left in the game. Yeah. I mean, I'm not joking, though. With the, I'm not, it's not really a joke, though, with the Jets this week because, I mean, the Jets, when they're home, and they're not, it's not like the game's in Miami this week, and it's not like Miami have shown that they can play consistently amazing football. They're, they're, they still have a rookie team, so if, all you need is like a week where they had last week where they have a rookie letdown on the offensive line, and all of a sudden, you know, it's a close game. I don't know if they, they, they lose it completely, but I definitely think that spread could be covered. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like Brian Flores will get that defense right. Is Wilkins going to be back? They haven't said. The guy might be dead. (laughs) Guy's been stuck on a COVID list for three weeks so far. Unbelievable. Well, at least you know what the problem is with that team. They need some offensive line help. Yeah. Yep. But I don't know. I think Pats, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, though. I think the Pats might be that pick this week. Yeah, I'm still going with the Ravens. It just feels like those kind of games on Thanksgiving. I will say you're right, though. The Ravens, for some reason, do play better against the Steelers on the road. I will give you that. Yeah. When it's not Flacco. Yeah. (laughs) All right, anything else? I had a huge win in fantasy this week. I was down by 55 points going into Monday. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods gave me 56 combined points, and I ended up winning by, like, 0.3. Was an amazing. Yeah, I can't say the same. I I didn't play Justin Jefferson, and it killed me. Oh no! Did you start <laughs> Philip Lindsay? What's up? Did you start Philip Lindsay? You've been back and forth on him. No, I didn't. I didn't. And I made the right move. I, I actually played Edmonds, and Edmonds got that receiving touchdown. I'm oh yeah, there you go. He was wide at like literally wide no open. one around him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And Edwards Hilaire had a good week this week, randomly. I, I wasn't expecting that. That was great. Yeah. How's, how's Le'Veon doing in fantasy? Putting up points or no? Terrible. Well, he he had a couple of – didn't he have a touchdown in the, the Chiefs game? I thought he did. I, I know Ed Hilaire had like two. You know what it is? They're wearing 25 and 26. It always messes me I up. I know. Yeah. Oh, also, Jason Witten spotting with that uh, touchdown too. Yeah, yeah. You know, Gruden loves the loves the old vets. Well, he has to. I feel like he's like the old Al Davis. He's just like, or no, who was it? the Redskins? Uh, Bruce Allen, just like, yeah, we're gonna trade away all of our draft picks and just like sign vet players. We don't need rookies on our team. They're good football players. I like I like football. My Gruden grinders. <laughs> Freaking Chucky, dude. Now get me, get me Khalil Mack in here. This guy's a football player. Imagine watching film with him, just one on one, and him. Get so like, excited, man! Now, what the hell are you doing on this uh, banana play here, dude? <laughs> I mean, come on! You had the out route here. The plane cover three. They're disguising it. I mean, it's pretty freaking obvious if you watch the safety. But you oh. see when he when they have good plays, like how excited he gets for like good plays. He's like, that's just a smart play. That's a great play by a smart football player. I, I love that. <laughs> like, 
film studies, dude, like when you're in the film room, like you just need an energetic coach too. Cause like <laughs> if you don't, dude, you're falling asleep right away. Oh, it's easily. Yeah. It yeah. sucks, dude. We had a, my linebacker coach was that way in college and I'm just, he was just so monotone. I'm like, dude, oh my God. You're in, a, you're in a dark room looking at a projector the whole time. I was. And you had the little nightlight on too. Yeah. Oh, really yeah. comfortable in my my gear, my hoodie. Just yeah. tuck your head back and they're like, Wes, what'd you do on this one? I'm like, oh shit, fuck. Um, <laughs> all right, anything else though? That, that's that's it, man. That's all yeah, I got. Dog. That's, all, that's it. I hate Giants are gonna put up. Giants are gonna put up like a twenty-plus game against uh, Joe Burrow at <laughs> Cincinnati. Oh, I feel so bad for Joe Burrow. I, really I, want, do. I want Fitzpatrick to get traded to the Bengals so that a week from now it's Tua versus Fitzpatrick. No, he can't. He can't go back to the Bengals because like he's already played for him. He's got to go to a different club. Yeah, it's true. He's got to keep picking up the jersey collection. Exactly. You got. You got to expand your uh, man cave with all those jersey uh, <laughs> frames. Yeah, that dude no needs to play for all thirty-two year, teams before he retires. Uh, he's got. He's got to go to the Vikings at some point. <laughs> He'd be perfect for that team. Anyway, well, he's, got, he's got to finish off the AFC East first, so he's yeah. got to land on New England somehow. Yeah, right. All right, well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us on this Thanksgiving special. Uh, if you have any uh, comments about who's getting in the playoffs, if the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC or if the Steelers are, and who's going to win the damn NFC, we, who the hell knows in that uh, conference. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at Bench Bros Sports, follow us on Instagram at Original Bench Bros, and follow our website, BenchRosports.com. We keep you up to date on every headline throughout the week on those pages. Check out our other pack, uh, podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and other media services. Again, thank you for listening, guys. Last thoughts. Wish everyone happy Thanksgiving out there, too. Stay safe. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Best side dish. um, I hope you're all thankful because you're living in a way better state than I am right now. (laughs) Yes. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Bobby, thank you for bringing up a valid point there. I'm thankful that I don't have to live in 30-degree weather anymore. Um, Wes is thankful that he's there for a few days. Yes, sir. (laughs) Best side dish, though. Green bean casserole. Mac and cheese. Mac and cheese on Thanksgiving? Absolutely. If you're not doing it, you're not doing it right. Homemade mac and cheese, just to get that right, right? Sure. You're eating Kraft mac and cheese on Thanksgiving? I'll never, never, ever go against Kraft mac and cheese, though. Any day. <laughs> I, got, I, got to go, I got to agree with you, Brandon. Green bean casserole, man. It, it's the greatest. So right. every year I'll make it, and I'll just I make it for myself because nobody else eats it. Right. All right, it's so we got two adults on the phone and one kid. That's all I got. Yeah, dude, you're eating the like the SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, Give me the chicken nuggets too, the Dino ones. <laughs> you're you're still sitting at the kids' table. That's right. That's where <laughs> I'll stay. All right, that was Bobby O'Hara. That was Brandon Farrell. I'm Wes Splain. We'll see you next time on the NFL Weekly Drive. We're out of here.